0: Alright everybody, find your seat. I have a question for you. I like to begin my sermon sometimes with questions. So the question I have for you, I would answer yes to this question. Habakkuk the the author of the book we are looking at today would answer yes to this question. If any of you have been a believer in God, a Christian for any amount of time, you will probably answer yes to this question. What is the question? The question is, have you ever been confused by God? It's a question, right? Right. Yes, we have. It's a question that we would answer yes to if you've been a believer for any amount of time. And it usually comes in the form of bad things happening to good people. You usually don't question God when things are going well, when you have uh, gas in the tank and money in the bank. Things are going well. Everything's going great. You usually don't ask, like, why is God doing this? You just go with it. But when things get hard, we question. Lord, what are you? Doing, I'm confused by what you're doing. I listened to the sermon by uh, Daniel Grothy, who's the New Life Friday night pastor at New Life Church. And he rewrote, to kind of be silly, he rewrote the lyrics to a very famous song that was written by one of our New Life worship leaders, Jared Anderson, wrote uh, a song, I'm amazed by you. And Daniel Grothy changed the lyrics and said, Lord, I'm confused by you. I'm confused by you. Lord, I'm confused by you. You, how you punked me is what he rewrote, and I was like, Yes. Haven't we felt that at times? We're kind of making light of the situation, but haven't we all felt that at different times in our lives? Like, Lord, what are you doing? I thought I was falling. I thought this was going this way and this was going well. And then something happens and we are confused by what the Lord is doing. Today, I want to give you tools and language to help think through times when you're confused with God. Because maybe these tools, maybe this language that I give you you today will be for someone else. The Lord will use you to encourage someone. Maybe it'll be you down the road. You'll you'll go through something and you'll remember, Lord, it's okay that I bring these things to you in this language with these tools. Or maybe you're going through something right now and you just say, yeah, now is not a very good time. And this language, these tools that I'm going to preach about today from the book of Habakkuk will help you. Because I think we all run into the temptation at some point that that we think we have God all figured out. Has anyone ever thought that? Maybe it's like a young Christian. I remember in my college days thinking, I got God all figured out. I know how it works. I remember being in a, in a youth group and I was one of the leaders. I wasn't like the, uh, the pastor, but I was one of the leaders in my group. And um, we went to Zion National Park. Anybody ever been there? beautiful. It's like the Grand Canyon. Absolutely beautiful. We were hiking in the middle of nowhere, having lunch. And I, I, you're not supposed to do this, but I was taking a little piece of my lunch and and throwing it out. And a little chipmunk was coming closer and closer. Oh, this is so cool. And it came up and it ate out of my hands. Like, wow, this is so cool. And being the young, arrogant Christian, having all the answers, because I got God figured out. I made a little sermon like there and in the spot, made a little sermon illustration. So this is just like God. God is just like this chipmunk. You know, we, we do good things. and, And, you know, We pulled God into us. And I got it all figured out. So I'm announcing this to everyone. Everyone's just like looking at me like, what's he talking about? And later on, the good, loving, uh, wise youth pastor pulled me aside and said, so God is like a chipmunk. And he proceeded to rebuke me in a loving way, corrected that. No, 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 no. We don't have God all figured out. Sure. You might think you do. Sure. Things are going well for you right now. That's great. But God is not like a chipmunk. Can someone amen that? God is amen. God is not a chipmunk. So let me begin. Thank God that God is not a chipmunk. So let me begin with the end in mind. Chris, at the end of this sermon, is going to lead us in a song. We've sung it here before. The song is, Is He Worthy? And the response, the chorus is, He is. The song goes something like this. We'll sing this at the end of this service. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. Is all creation groaning? It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. Is it good to remind ourselves of this? It is. And so Habakkuk will show us that it is, that we don't have God all figured out. Habakkuk is someone confused by the way of God, but in the end, he shows us that we still trust in him. We still rejoice in who God is. So if you would turn to the book of Habakkuk, we're gonna read uh, Habakkuk chapter one, verses one through four. That's how Habakkuk begins. And then we will read the last couple verses of the whole book. It's a short book. It's only three uh, chapters. So if you turn there with your own text, we'll put it up on the screen as well. Would you stand with me as we read This scripture, it is going to begin pretty raw, just to warn you, the book of Habakkuk begins, um, well, I'll just read it. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever called out to the Lord thinking he's not listening or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? This is a raw prayer, you guys. Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife, conflict of bounds. Therefore, the law, the Torah is paralyzed and justice never prevails. This is a very raw prayer that the prophet is praying. The wicked, him in the righteous so that justice is perverted. There's a back and forth here between Habakkuk and God. Habakkuk is not happy and and God responds to Habakkuk and Habakkuk responds back to God. God responds again. And then here is the last. Here's how this uh, book ends. Habakkuk now is saying this. Habakkuk says, though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vines. Though the oil crop fails, though the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen, there is no cattle in the stalls. And some of you have experienced that kind of thing in your life. Bad things, trouble, yet, verse 18 says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He enables me to tread upon the heights. This is the word of the Lord. And the people said, Thanks be to God, let us pray. Lord, we stand before you, and and Lord, we are often confused by you. Maybe not to the depths of Habakkuk, Lord, but maybe so. Maybe some of us have walked the, the road of grief and strife. And Lord, Habakkuk shows us that we can trust in you, that we can rejoice in you, that we can find our strength in you, even in the midst of hard times. And so, Lord, we come before you with that attitude. We come before you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I have for you a three-point sermon. Some of you are laughing because that's what I usually do. I usually have three-point sermons. The first point is this, that Habakkuk gives us permission to pray and to feel raw emotions. We just read Habakkuk's prayer and it's pretty raw. Habakkuk gives us permission to pray and to feel raw emotions. Sometimes people um, think that we as Christians are just painted on smiles, fake kinds of people. Maybe you come to church and you're like, well, I guess I got to be happy. I'm at church. I got to paint on this smile. People think about us like uh, Simpsons. Does anybody, you know, the Simpsons and, and the neighbors of the Simpsons, the Christians are the... Flanders, yeah, Ned Flanders, happy-dippy-doo, neighbor-oni. Like he's always just happy, dappy do, happy day, right, neighbor? And we people see us as like the Flanders, like we're just happy all the time and we have to pretend and fake. Well, Habakkuk shows us That we don't have to do that. We can be pretty raw before the Lord if that's where we're at. Habakkuk comes before the Lord with complaints. He accuses God of not listening to him. And here, I don't think Habakkuk's teaching us theology of God, that God is not a, a listener. No, no, God hears everything. But Habakkuk comes to God in a way that gives us permission to come before the Lord how we are. Habakkuk is uh, lived in the 7th century. He writes this book, of of which we have three chapters. Um, One of the things that uh, Habakkuk shows us is that we can come before the Lord and be raw in our prayer. See, Habakkuk isn't like some of the other prophets. Habakkuk would fall into the group of the 12 minor prophets, and he would be, one of these things is not like the other One of these things doesn't belong. We sang that, well, I did, uh, during Jonah. Jonah is like a story about a prophet, which doesn't really fit the mold. Habakkuk, is he just praying to God, and God responds to him. The book of the prophet Habakkuk is not like the other prophets, and it's just words of prophecy to a group of people. Here we look at a dialogue between a very broken man, Habakkuk, and what God wants to say to him. Habakkuk, the name in Hebrew is Havakuk, Havakuk, you can't say it because we would would be expelling our H in our phlegm and we would spread the virus and so we don't want to do that. I think I made that joke a couple of weeks ago and she got the same response. Um, but then let's talk about COVID for just a second. Habakkuk's going through a hard time. I think we have, we look up back at this year and we're almost, I think next week will mark like the one year anniversary, if you call that, of someone in Colorado testing positive for COVID. I've been a whole year now and we've been through it. Some of you are on like one perspective of being like, you. it's like, I don't care about the virus. What I care about is like the government and the politics and the... Restrictions and the mass, some of you on this side would be like, you know, we look at the numbers and it's like we've in El Paso County we've lost point zero zero one percent of people have died of COVID, and it's like all these and you're frustrated. This year has been hard because of the restrictions and the fight and the quarantine. And there's others of you on this side that are like, I don't care about the numbers. I know someone who has dealt with COVID and they didn't survive. I have a loved one that that we didn't even have a funeral for because it It was during the quarantine. Some of you have have gone through COVID and you were scared to death, like literally you thought you were going to die. And for you, it's like, I don't care about the numbers. This thing of loneliness and fear, this has been a horrible year. Well, Habakkuk has something to say to us going through hard times. He was going through his own hard times. He was living, which we would know now, as some of the last days of Judah and Jerusalem and the tribes of Israel, because The Assyrians will come in. The Babylonians will come in. And Israel, Judah, Jerusalem will never be the same. This country will be decimated. And Habakkuk is living at the very end of those good old days. And he sees it coming. He sees the Babylonians coming. And he laments. He says, why is this so hard? We read the opening verses. And it's like, why, Lord? Are you not listening? I cry out, save us, Lord. And you're not saving. It's a very raw prayer which teaches us It gives us permission to pray to the Lord and to come in here to be the people of God and not have to fake that we are fine. The kind of uh, uh, prayer here that uh, Habakkuk prays would fall into the genre of a lament. And we see lament throughout the Old Testament. A lot of the Psalms fall under this. Uh, sections of Jeremiah and Isaiah, the book of Lamentations, would be lament kind of prayers, which are just very raw before the Lord, not like teaching us about who God is, but rather teaching us that we could come to the Lord in our full humanity, how we are, and pray very raw prayers. I remember in seminary, one of the first classes I took was an Old Testament survey course. I started seminary in the year 2000, quite a few years ago. And I had this great teacher who would show video clips uh, in class and have us discuss video. clips. And it was like, oh, this is the best ever. I love this teacher because he shows video clips. And nowadays, that's not that big of a deal. But like the year 2000, you could still go to a Blockbuster and rent VHS tapes. Some of you don't know what Blockbuster is. Some of you don't know what VHS tapes are. This is a long time ago. So the teacher would take the time to pick a a clip and show it and to introduce the lament poetry, the kind of prayers that we see in Habakkuk. He showed a clip from a 1997 movie called The Apostle with Robert Duvall. Have you seen this movie? It it tracks this uh, pastor prophet teacher guy through the South. And he is all kinds of like, he's full of faults and it tracks him through this, journey. He goes on a bad, really bad things happen to him. He does really bad things too, but really bad things happen to him. And the clip we saw is of him screaming at God and praying this prayer like, God, I'm mad at you. You, God, I've always called you Jesus. You've always called me Sonny. I am your servant, Lord. Why are you doing? I'm mad, Lord. I'm mad at you. And so we watch this clip and we all start talking about it as young seminary students, kind of arrogant and bold in our faith. And we're like, that's not, a biblical prayer was kind of the attitude. It's like you can't you can't pray that. That's not a biblical prayer. And the teacher came over and we fell right into like his discussion trap because he's like, well, what if you're feeling that? What if you are feeling mad at God? And we're like, whoa, hmm, oh, I don't know. I, I guess I don't. I don't know. And he he showed us the lament poetry. He showed us passages in scripture like Habakkuk that Habakkuk pretty much says, Lord, I'm mad at you, and I'm accusing you, Lord, of not even listening. I'm crying out save me. And you're not saving. And we're like, oh, I guess this is a, a type of prayer. Like we weren't familiar with this type of prayer. This is raw type of prayer. So to conclude point one here is that maybe our prayers are too polite before God. Maybe we we need permission for in here before the Lord to not We don't have to fake it. We don't have to paint on a smile. We can pray raw prayers and be real with each other. Can I get an amen to that? Okay, point number two is this. Direct quote from Habakkuk uh, 3.18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. This is what Habakkuk says. It's horrible. Everything is horrible. God, I don't even know where you are. I don't even know if you're listening. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Habakkuk begins his chapter one, verse one, with where are you, God? You're not listening. I'm confused by you. And then God says, well, I'm gonna do something. And what I'm gonna do is send the Babylonians. Verse six of chapter one says, I'm raising up the Babylonians, the ruthless and impetuous people to sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not your own, not their own. So it's like, Lord, everything's falling apart. There's leaders in charge and they are doing horrible things. Injustice is happening. And God's response is, I'm gonna send in bad guys to to just destroy everything. It's like, wait, what? It's like someone's bothering me, and you're gonna send in like Scott Farkas from The Christmas Story, that bully, and like Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid to come take care of it? It's like, no, it's gonna be worse now. It's like you go into the doctor's office and you have like a hangnail. It's like, man, doctor, this has been bugging me for months. Like the nail is going back in. It really hurts. What what can we do about this hangnail? And the doctor says, well, what we'll do is we'll cut the arm right at the humerus, cut the tendons of the bicep and the tricep, and just take the whole arm off like what are you crazy like this and this is this is the response of Habakkuk so so Habakkuk says everything's bad the leaders of Judah are corrupt everything's horrible um God says I'm going to send in the Babylonians and this is what Habakkuk says verse 12 Lord you are uh are you not a question from everlasting my God my holy one you will never die Lord you have appointed them the Babylonians, to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why? 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 Then do you tolerate the treacherous? And then Habakkuk says, I will now wait. Habakkuk 2 verse 1 Lord, I will station myself as a, on a watchtower. I will be like a watchman. I am now going to wait. Habakkuk isn't special. Habakkuk isn't unique because he has all these questions and he's confused by the Lord. Habakkuk is special. Habakkuk has something to teach us here because he has the patience to stop and wait and be a watchman waiting for what the Lord is going to do. Habakkuk two, one is a pretty important verse for us around here. I see some of the guys. Uh, raise your hand if you're wearing the black shirts that have a back of Billy is, Daniel is. Uh, our men's group have uh, the M3, Manitou Men's Ministry have these shirts on the back. Kind of a charge for us as men is to so get on the watchtower, Be a watchman. See what the Lord is doing. Wait for the Lord and be this kind of man in our day and age that waits and watches and is ready for what the Lord is doing among us. And that's what Habakkuk is doing. He's waiting for the Lord. Lord, what are you going to do? And then the Lord responds. Habakkuk 2.2. The Lord replied. Write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets. Maybe your version says, chisel it out. Get a tablet and chisel this into stone so that a herald, like a messenger, may go and run with it. Verse three, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. And God goes on to say, chisel this in stone, I will Make all things right. It's not here now. Though the time might be far off, I will make all things right. And then it goes back to Habakkuk where he says... Everything is wrong. There's famine basically in the land. There's no food. uh, There's no grapes. There's no sheep. There's no animals. There's no crops. Everything is horrible right now. The nation is grieving. Babylon is knocking on our borders about to destroy us. And then he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He has this trust in the Lord, that the Lord will make all things right. And then another famous line here is the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith, knowing that God is in charge, knowing that God will make all things right. The name Habakkuk means to embrace. I see this image throughout this uh, very sad book, very raw book, Of Habakkuk embracing the Lord, even though things are horrible, and and, and he's weeping, he's crying, he's crying out to the Lord. There's this image of even his name that he's embracing the Lord, and the Lord is embracing him, and he speaks, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. The third point is this as we wrap up God becomes the victim of evil. God becomes the victim of evil there's a very big, uh, um, massive theological problem that we as Christians have, that anyone that believes in an all-good and all-powerful God. And the problem is, the theological problem is the problem of evil. It's a huge problem. And, and uh, if you get into the, the theology of it, if you want a nerd alert, nerd alert. <laughs> I alert. Those of you that are new to our congregation, we are very weird. It, this is Manitou. Um, but the nerd alert, the vocabulary word is theodicy. Like it's the, this the God's justice. Like how is it if God is all powerful and he is all good, why do bad things happen to good people? Like couldn't God have stopped it? A wrong answer would be, well, God wanted to, but he couldn't because he wasn't all powerful. That's a wrong answer to the problem of evil. Another wrong answer would be, well, he was able to stop it. He wanted to stop it, but he really didn't care. He didn't care enough to stop it. He's really not all that loving. That's a wrong answer to the problem of evil. So why is it that we say God is all powerful and he's all loving and yet bad things happen to good people? Where there's 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 really not a good like here's the answer I got it all figured out God's just like this chipmunk you see he's like he's like no 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 it's it's not you can't you can't have it all figured out but there are some important themes we could mention some of you might be thinking well what about free will that is a theme in talking through the problem of evil that that we all have the free will I have the I have free will if I wanted to I could go out and in my sermon I could hit somebody it's like why'd you hit them they didn't do anything because I wanted to because I have free will it's like well now they're in pain they got they have a hurting ear because you went out and you hit them during your sermons. Well, because I wanted to. Free will. Well, they didn't do anything wrong. I did something wrong. I just hit somebody during... Don't worry, I'm not going to hit anybody during the sermon. But the free will. Like, like free will we all have free will. That's why bad things happen because people can be mean to each other and God doesn't stop it because we have free will. That's a theme in talking through this. Another theme would be original sin. Like the whole world has been broken and there is just brokenness and it abides and it abounds. And that's part of the talk of why bad things happen to good people or like specific judgments can happen. Like, if you have a friend who uh, makes a silly choice to, to go out drinking and then decides to drive home, he's inebriated and he hits a tree, crashes the car, and now he's got insurance claims and he might have to uh, do police reports. I might have to spend the night in jail. He's that inebriated. And like, well, he could be like, why? Why did this happen? Why do I doing all this? Well, because you were an idiot. That's why it happened. Because you were stupid. And you went out and did that. And that's why you're suffering now, because you made a bad mistake. But what if, like in this story, what if he hit someone else? Like, what if like he hit a a young mom on her way home from work? And now these kids have to suffer, asking like, why did this happen? Where is God? Couldn't he have stopped it? Didn't he want to stop it? God, where are you? And which is kind of the... uh, prayer that Habakkuk is praying. Lord, I cry out, and it's like you're not even listening. I cry out, save me, I cried out, save me, and you did not save. These are the exact words of Habakkuk chapter one, the first opening lines. This is where he is at, a very raw prayer And he comes to this conclusion at the end of the book that he will rejoice in the Lord. He will find his strength in the Lord because God is in charge and God will do something about it. And we live in a day and age where we are looking back to the cross. Habakkuk is is over here looking to the cross. But we are looking back saying Jesus has come and he has died and he has actually become the victim of evil. Like he will make all things right. He has made all things right. And this will come to fruition in the future when his kingdom is fully here at the resurrection. Jesus has made and will make all things right. He has become the victim of evil, of all the wrong things, of all the bad things, of all the sin. He has placed it on himself and he goes to the cross and on the cross, he dies for our sins. That's the gospel. That's the message. Would you stand with me this morning?